Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Ooh. here with you on a Sunday afternoon. Glad to be back with you after a little vacation. We have uh, recharged the batteries and we're ready to finish the year strong. Hope you are as well. Thanks for listening at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. What is so funny? We're just <laughs> you getting just had started. a little vacation and I got to thinking about Forrest Gump and his mama and he's like, vacation's when you go somewhere and you never come back. And I <laughs> Don't know why that came to mind. We're back. We came back. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for tuning in at Super Talk. Where where Daddy went? Vacations when you go somewhere, and you never come back. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening here? This is how we're going to start coming back. I mean, by now, if they haven't learned, we're idiots. Son, your mama cares about your education. That's the funniest line in the movie. Uh, <laughs> I about provided sound effects. Yeah, don't do I, that. I, <laughs> don't do that. Oh, Whoa. me. I'm going to steal Joel's line there. <sighs> Thunder and lightning. Supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. <laughs> it's going to be a hard podcast to get through. <laughs> We're just going to be snickering the rest of the day. Well, <laughs> Well, thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. A Strange Brew gift card is a heck of a stocking stuffer for your Mississippi State student or anybody here who lives in Starkville or Tupelo. You can always stop by the store or go to their Shopify page on the website to get that stuff. And, of course, if you're living too far away and those gift cards don't really help you out, you can just get Strange Brew Coffee delivered directly to your door. Brew it up in the morning. That's how you want to attack the day with with that kind of, of energy that only Strange Brew Coffee can provide. And of course, if you're here in Starkville. Every day, they're putting out incredible, not only the drinks, man, but the baked goods. There's always something delicious. The Big Deborah. Oh, I still haven't gone and got one of those yet. <laughs> I don't know what I'm waiting on. I need to make that happen. I'm going to grab me a couple of those. Uh, I mean, it's, they're seasonal. i got to get one. And you should, too. So uh, I know for a fact they'll ship those. Because I know someone who ordered a dozen. And, 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 and they, got shipped. Yeah, and if I had to guess, knowing him, he ate them all himself. So you just we'll just leave it to our imaginations who that person might be, but I'm just saying that I know for a fact that happened. So, uh, College Corner, man, I hope you took advantage. They gave you another great special this past weekend with half off of those hundred dollar or fifty dollar gift cards. Handing out money again. I mean, they just can't stop. So this holiday season, if you don't have a gift card for College Corner after the specials we ran all summer long, and then this past weekend. Well, buddy, I, I don't know what to tell you. You just you just messed up. You just messed up. But that doesn't mean you can't still go to College Corner, one of their two locations. They're in Jackson. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can't shop online at collegecornerstore.com and find great maroon and white merchandise. My guess is the way they've been running, maybe more specials to come before we get to Christmas Day. So keep tuned in to Thunder and Lightning. Follow me and Joel on Twitter 
and we'll keep you up to date on those specials because College Corner has been making it happen for you all year long. Hopefully, you've been taking advantage of it. We have just got a few days left here in 2020. Make 2021 the best year for your business ever by giving Advantage Business Systems a call and putting them to work for you. They will come in with solutions and ideas on how to upgrade the technology in your office and make it work for you the way you want it to so that profits are king in 2021. Give them a call today at 844-833-6245. Visit them online at absms.com to find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. We've got a lot to talk about today. Obviously, well, a lot of let's talk about a lot it. of stuff happened while we were gone. Uh, we learned, you know, football wise, Mississippi State Auburn is scheduled to happen Saturday, six thirty p.m. Quick question before we go any further with that: Do you think the Missouri game will be an eleven a.m. game? I mean, State hasn't had one. State doesn't have one this year. I don't know what else is scheduled for. Well, yeah, that, the SEC title games that day. Yeah, it'll be an eleven a.m. game. Don't, I, I think it will be, but if it's not, that's got to be the first time, and I can't tell you when. They didn't have one 11 a.m. game. Which is crazy, seeing as to how... I almost know, thought that was like a rule. I thought everybody had to have one. I don't know. You know, coming into this year, it was kind of a hot topic. Yeah. No pun intended, because, yeah, yeah, because of, the, of early uh, season 11 a.m. That wasn't an issue you know, this year. Yeah, no so. no problem with that. Let's, I don't know. Let's go around. We'll see how it goes. MSU-Auburn Auburn is a seven-point uh, favorite in that one. I'm kind of intrigued. This is not an Ole Miss podcast, but I'm, I'm intrigued to see if they play A&M, because their paws... Through what, like Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Can you not start practice till Wednesday right or now. Thursday and then play a game right on Saturday? A and M needs that game. Yeah, they do. I, if, if State had to go to, to Georgia with forty three, the conference is going to send Ole Miss out there if, if they can. Yeah, you know, and Ole Miss is not in the same situation. Got to figure like Ole Miss has four scholarship quarterbacks right now. And at the end of the day, they could put Plumlee out there if they had to. So even if everybody else was sick, they could put Plumlee out there. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happens. Yeah, right. I mean, just from a league standpoint, that's interesting to follow. Yeah. We'll talk recruiting a little later in the show. MSU picking up a commitment on Saturday. Of course, we have no coffee. Our coffee is for closers a little later. Uh, we will start with basketball, though. Let's start with the men who, uh, you know, after an 0-2 start, have turned it back around. Finally got to see them this week. Um, they took on uh, was it Texas State and then North Texas. So they are really putting it to the second-tier teams in Texas. Maybe you know another second tier team like the University of Texas could come in. Is he, are, is he listening? Do you think he's listening? I hope I got him. Uh, but I thought that you know they obviously the the biggest thing was Iverson Molinar. They looked a lot more cohesive offensively mm-hmm. with him back. Again, they don't look like world beaters, but they looked like a a far more at ease in, in their own system team with Iverson Molinar back. Did you get the same impression? I did. And watching this team, I feel like we've said this a lot about Ben Howland teams. And see if you agree with me here. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like this Mississippi State basketball team, anything could happen on any given night and I'm not surprised. Like they could get red hot and DJ could sink everything he throws up. Iverson too. Tolu is proven to be a double digit score night in, night out. So I could see them getting a comfortable win most any night against most any opponent. I could also see them being ice cold and things not going well and them turning the ball over a bunch or something and getting run out of the gym by a lot of opponents too. Like I kind of feel like this may be one of those seasons where you show up to watch Mississippi State basketball play or you flip it on your TV screen and we talk about four outcome games in football. I kind of feel like every game for Mississippi State this year may be a four outcome game in basketball. 
you, you could be right. You could be very well be right because, and you and I talked about this, I think, on the Friday at the Friday game, where the comment I made was, "It feels like this team is a team full of role players. That there's no like star to sort of bind them together. You know, you've got Molinar, obviously a much better point guard at this point in his career than than Devon Smith is. I, how do you pronounce that? How do you pronounce that kid's first name? Davon. Isn't it? Is it Davon? I think so. We're going with that until we're told otherwise. Fine then. Uh, I would prefer it be Devon, but we'll, we'll stick with we'll, Devon. We'll go with that. DJ Stewart can hit some big shots, but he is not so far in this season shown that he is ready to be the alpha dog of this team. Well, I mean, he's had he's had some good moments. He had a good night against yeah, Texas he had, State. He increased his his production each night for the first three games. He, and had a twenty. He point. is not a right now a reliable and, and had a good second half against. Yeah, he's he's not North reliable Texas. from from the start to finish. Is that fair? Yeah, that's okay. pretty fair. That's pretty I think fair. Tolu Smith has been the most reliable guy. I, I think it's way too early to just oh, say no, no, no. Stewart can't be that guy. But I'm not writing him off like I did Will Rogers. <laughs> I'm just saying that the early returns. Who, by the way, I've mentioned this to you sitting on press row. To yeah. me, Davon Smith, Davon Smith is to me what Will Rogers was for you. Yeah. Like I'm not saying Davon, you won't see it, but we just haven't, haven't seen, seen it yet. yet. Yeah. He'll have a game where he gets 20 points and eight or nine assists, and you'll be like, okay, that kid's really good. Mm-hmm. Tolu Smith, I think, has been the most reliable guy so far. He he is he is he's sort of given you what I think Wooder gave MSU last year. The problem is they don't say doesn't have anybody giving them what Perry gave them, but he is giving you ten to fifteen points and five six to ten rebounds a game. Perfect, no problem there. Adu, you know his role is very defined. You know defensively he's good. Had five block shots Friday night. Had ten rebounds. Got a couple of buckets. Leadership great. You know, I like uh, Javion Davis. Jalen Johnson, I sort of wrote him off early in the season. The first couple of games, I just wasn't impressed. He's okay. played better. While we're on him, yeah, he is the centerpiece of my biggest question right now through four games. Okay. Jalen Johnson is? Okay. Why is – I mean, I don't want to say why is he – I mean, they've only played four games. So I guess it's more – do you think before this is said and done, he's starting and Cam Matthews is not? Because I haven't, Possibly. I haven't really seen. And look, I, I'm not, the, I'm not the greatest basketball eye in the world. I, you know, most of you out there th- sitting there, maybe thinking you're not the greatest sports eye in the world, and you, you would probably be right. Um, but I haven't seen anything out of Cameron Matthews yet that makes me think, yeah, he should be starting right now. I mean, m- maybe defensively he's doing some stuff that my untrained eye. Just isn't seeing as well, so maybe that's enough to to get him out there. But then, if that's the case, you're basically starting two guys in him and Abdullah Do strictly for defensive reasons, right. and, and then you're getting in, into an issue there. Yeah, I, I just feel like Jalen Johnson, and maybe this is why he's not starting. Maybe Ben likes having that offensive weapon off the bench, a la Tyson Carter. Yeah, but. I just feel like right now Jalen Johnson is the better overall player. But somebody with a better eye might say, well, Jalen's not too great on defense, and that's why he's not out there. But Possibly. I see where you're going. I definitely. And Hallen's a coach that you know values defense. We know that about him. The thing with Cam Matthews is, you know, true freshman starting is sort of rare at a school like Mississippi State. Now, Kentucky, obviously, it's different. But those are elite guys. Yeah. Those are guys that you expect to be one and done, two and done at worst. You know, and David and Davon Smith is not one of those guys, but at the same time, he was a very highly talented. He's a top one hundred player. Cam Matthews not. So the fact that he's starting is a sort of an upset to me. You know, yeah. in terms of, of well, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. And it goes back to another thing. I mean, you talked about the other night sitting beside each other, but 
Could you imagine if you had Woodard to play the three on this team? Yeah, and that's what the the comment I made was this, and I know people don't like to hear his name right now, but but with Vic Schaefer last year talked to us when Jordan Danbury got eligibility, and he broke it down in, in such a way that it's the simplest terms possible. It's like, do you know how hard it is to just get thirteen points per game? Just I just snapped my fingers and I got thirteen points per game back on my team. That's what Woodard would be right now, even if he was just sort of you know not that much better statistically. If you were getting fourteen to sixteen a game out of him right now, I mean that is a that wins games. Oh yeah, you're undefeated. Yeah, if he just does that in every game, so yeah, that's what state's missing right now. And he would have been the start in, in this scenario that we're talking about. State's missing right this second. That said, a team of role players that knows their roles and shuts their mouths. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. No, I was hoping you would. I couldn't help myself. Um, but if they know their roles and, and they can do, perform them, and then you know every night somebody else sort of steps up. You know, one night Tolu Smith has twenty points, and one night it's DJ Stewart, and one night it's Iverson Molinar. That team can do some 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 things. They can be effective. They can win some ball games. The problem is going to be when nobody steps up, and and everybody's looking around like who is going to step up. Yeah. So that said, I think Molinar in his one game back, sort of showed you that he can be that guy. Because, like I said, the offense just looked a lot smoother. He's able to attack the rim. He's a, he gives you some perimeter shooting. This team is not going to be, you know, the Stansberry year, the live and die by the three years. That's not this team at all. Mm-hmm. They are a very old school. We want to score near the basket. We're going to shoot short jumpers, try to shoot high percentage shots. That's what this team's identity is going to be, and that in defense. Yeah, and, and so far – not to just heap a tremendous amount of praise on a two and two basketball team that uh, hadn't looked like world beaters, but I, I've been kind of impressed with the depth. Like Quinn Post has looked good when he's been out there. He's he's provided you a little bit of offense. He can kind of he doesn't have to stay around the back. He can shoot a little bit <laughs> for a big yeah, guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, Javion Davis has been okay. Like I said, Jalen Johnson off the bench has you know he scored ten points the other night. That's yeah. that's fine. Got fouled twice. On free throw, on three pointers. Yeah, yeah. And D- Davon Smith, as you said, top one hundred players coming off your bench. I mean, look, like I, like we've been saying, I don't know if there's a superstar out there, but I feel like State's top nine guys, you run them out there, and for any stretch of time, they could get on a run and give you a chance to win a ball game, kind of thing. So, I don't know. I, I don't one hundred percent know what to make of this team yet. They started the year zero and two, and I think all of us probably kind of looked around at each other like, oh, it's going to be a long year. And I I don't know that your opinion totally changes because of two wins over, you know, directional Texas schools. But, I mean, they're not just schools off the trash heap. I mean, North Texas won Conference USA a year ago. Uh, You know, these are... They would have been in the tournament. Yeah, these are... I think Texas State was in the semis of their conference tournament, so they were only a couple wins away from getting in the tournament and could have gotten there had, I think, everything may have gotten canceled for them, too. So, I mean, these aren't just two trash wins that State picked up last week. They are, as far as group of five teams go, they are quality wins. Yeah. Yeah, They're not like they're beating Michigan State or something out there, but... They're, they're decent wins. And, and especially when you consider the opposite side of, State could have played the way they played in Florida and just gotten beaten in both of these games. 
I thought State did a good job well, of bouncing back. And then you wonder, because, I mean, Iverson comes out there and scores 15 points the other mm-hmm. night. What if he plays down in Florida? Probably got, you probably you may win, win one of them. You probably would have gotten a win. And then you feel completely different about where the team is right yeah, now. No question. No question about it. So uh, this team has Jackson State on Tuesday. That's an 8 o'clock tip, so Joel and I will be in a fantastic mood when we podcast after that one. <laughs> That'll be fun. Oh, that's a rumblings day, too. Executive decision. We're moving the rumblings <laughs> one day over. The rumblings will be on Thursday instead of uh, Wednesday. So you'll get our questions to us on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. I, I like that call. Yeah, we're making that executive decision. If I'm the vice president, I fully support you. And That's why we're a team right there. Um, then the women, I got to see them. I guess that was on, uh, uh, gosh, what day was that? That was Wednesday. Wednesday, okay. And uh, I, thought they were, I thought they were very impressive Wednesday, just I felt like they they were winning in a different fashion. Well, like, they were bigger than the team they were playing, and they, they just used their. They size. had no chance. Yeah, I mean, I think they, Jessica the, Carter, Yamaya Morris. It was like seventy something to ten in the paint. <laughs> well, the, the the rebounding margin was like plus thirty almost. Yeah. but then they went down to South Florida, and I didn't watch this game. Uh, you know, I, I just kept up with it on live stats. But and you talked about it a little bit on Twitter. The two things that stand out: State missed thirteen free throws in a game that they lost by four, and they gave up. I think. Close to thirty second chance points. I think it was twenty five, and and here's the di- South Florida scored sixty seven points. Fifty of them either came off a turnover or were a, was a second chance point after defense or after an offensive rebound. So I I can't remember what the I think it was like seventy five percent or maybe more than that of their scoring came either because of an offensive rebound or because of a Mississippi State turnover. Yeah. When you combine that with the fact State missed 13 free throws, you're going to lose. Well, there you go. You're going to lose. Um, obviously, MSU fans took this in the most rational and logical manner. As as, as they as always they are do. want to do. As they are want to do. Uh, I enjoyed getting <laughs> the comments about how she was too busy with Joe Biden to, to worry about winning basketball games. Uh, let's not forget the Mississippi State. I, and I tweeted this out. I tweeted out incorrect information. I corrected myself later. Uh, but State had lost a non-conference game last year to West an unranked Virginia. team to West Virginia. I that totally blocked that from my memory. Like I went when I started looking, my first thought was, okay, they just lost to Oregon <laughs> last year, and that was that's all I was thinking about. Um, I tell you who remembered it, huh. Nikki McRae. Nikki McRae. Because she mentioned it in post game. Yeah. Very smart of her to do so. She had that one loaded and ready to go. She, 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 she Some, uh, somebody told her about that. <laughs> like, yeah, bring this up. It's a good point. Yeah. She, uh, she said, didn't remember the date, but remembered it happened. Yeah. Uh, so. And so, yeah. So, and it happened last year. This team is very talented. Yeah. That's South Florida, from what I can tell, is a decent team. Probably, they have a chance to be ranked. I think they took Baylor to the wire. Yeah. They? Exactly. So, and when we look around women's basketball this year, I mean, South Carolina lost. This week, yeah, and they lost to a top ten team, but they lost. So, women's college basketball. Whereas ten years ago or so, it no seemed parody. like there was just blowout after blowout after blowout. I really feel like, like four teams. Yeah, it's like UConn and UConn, Tennessee. See, yeah, um, maybe like Stanford was up there and uh, Notre Dame. That was it. Yeah. Now there's like there, you, you go into the season with like. 12 to 15 teams you feel like could win a national title. Yeah, and then there's another maybe 12, 15, maybe more than Make that. Make a good run. I mean, that, that can give you a, give yeah. you fits on any given. Yeah. I, I feel like it is really becoming closer to where the men's game's at, where exactly. anybody can beat anybody. I agree night. with that. I agree with that. So uh, so we'll see how they bounce back. I think there's, Nikki said something about they were trying to schedule a game. Yeah, I asked cause, her. Because the USM game for the 12th was canceled. Yeah, I asked her after the game because there, there is a nine-day layoff here between – the South Florida game on Saturday night, and then State's next game is December 14th. 
so as you listen to this, if you're listening on Monday, a week from today, state's supposed to host Troy. So there's nine days here in the middle, and she said after uh, the South Florida game Saturday night that they were going to try and try and try to get a game scheduled here over the next couple of days. So <laughs> we moved the rumblings to Wednesday. <laughs> we may learn on Monday there's a game Wednesday or something. Who knows? We'll figure but, it out. But they are going to try to add a game in the next week. And she said they're going to try really hard, and if they can't, they'll just practice. So so keep your eyes peeled because you may have a women's basketball game somewhere in there to uh, – yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. So, uh, But I, I'm not going to go overboard on one loss with, with no. this team because I, I know the talent. I know that it's there. Um, you know, there's a lot of – I think Moorhead sort of poisoned the well for players, coaches. You can be a player's coach yeah. and still be an effective coach. You know, obviously you can take it too far. But I, I, Nikki McRae is a – she played for Pat Summit. I think she has an idea of how to, to coach. I just call, and she, and she and worked she with Dawn under Staley. Dawn Staley. Yeah. yeah, just call me crazy. I think she's seen some effective coaching. She'll be okay. Uh, but, but yeah, that, uh, it's a tough loss. It's a game they probably should have won. Um, but we'll see where it goes for, for there for the women. I, I'm not overall very, uh, very worried about them. Uh, one thing that, you know, this time of year you do need to be worried about. All right, this recruiting update is brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef, who, uh, oh yeah, I, I hit some Welcome Home Beef up this weekend. I saw that. That tri-tip was fantastic, and then tonight, as you're listening, I'm cooking a couple of ribeyes. Uh, that I picked up from Welcome Home Beef, and I picked up some of that alligator crab boil sausage. Can't cook that for the wife because she might die. But you know, one day when I'm home, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cook that up for myself, and I'm gonna eat it all. And there's nothing anybody can do to stop me. And there's nothing anybody can do to stop you from going to Welcome Home Beef and doing the exact same thing. I was in there the other day. It's really crazy how much that store has progressed. You know, since we first started doing the sponsorships, and I would go in there and talk with them, and to where they are now, and they've got the coolers just full of meat. They've got you know all the the ready made meals, the food trucks out front. I mean, there's just a one stop shop for whatever you want to eat. If you want them to cook it, if you want to go home and heat it up, or if you want to go and put together a great meal for your family, Welcome Home Beef has an option for you. So give them a call today. And look, Christmas is coming up. I'm telling you right now. If you tell if you tell your family that you're doing a prime rib for Christmas, people will break quarantine for that thing. So maybe you shouldn't tell them. Just enjoy the whole thing yourself. So, but I'm just saying that now's the time to place that order for a whole tenderloin, a whole prime rib to put on the Christmas table this year. Call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. And whatever decision you're going to make about Welcome Home Beef, one thing is for certain. It just tastes good. MSU picks up an offensive lineman. Talk about picking up some beef. They picked one up on uh, Saturday, and he's Canadian. Can you sing the Canadian National Anthem? Oh, Canada. Do you know why I know the Canadian National I don't National? know any more words. Is that all you don't know? I, I know the whole so. thing, and I'll tell you why. I watched the entire Braves-Blue Jays yeah. World Series in 1992, and it's just been it's stuck in my head. our home and native land, isn't it? Our home and native land. Yeah. yeah. True patriot love in all our sons' command. Uh, see, uh, I couldn't have gone any further than our home and I native think land. I, but... I think I can get the whole song. Um, <laughs> Albert Reese from Canada, now playing at Clearwater in Clearwater, Florida, at Clearwater Academy International, one of those IMG type schools. Six foot seven, two hundred and ninety-five pounds. Had a, a really solid offer sheet. Most of the Big Ten uh, was after him. I, I don't know, but 
I don't know who's right, who's wrong, but our, our Sports Illustrated uh, measurements of him, and I think it may have been from a couple months ago, so maybe he's lost some weight since mm-hmm. then, but it, it actually had him at 6'7", 315. Okay. But either way, he's a big dude. I'm looking at uh, whatchamacallit here, uh, 24-7. Uh, like I said, Rutgers, Arizona State, uh, Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota State, Oklahoma, Ole Miss. Apparently was very high on the Ole Miss board. Uh, prior to this past weekend, yeah, he's a guy that he's a guy that wanted to play in the SEC. Yeah, I and mean that was a big deal offers. for him. So MSU now uh, sitting on how many commitments do they have? I just had I just had the thing pulled I think up. It's eighteen. Here. Is that is that what you think? <laughs> You're not going to get me. Nah. I'm not Richard Cross. I know. Uh, yeah, eighteen commitments on the year, and that does not include uh, the two transfers, Jack Christofek. Who will come in as a preferred walk on? Yeah, uh, a dual threat quarterback from Sam Houston State. They got and, another preferred walk on that same day. Yeah, Jim Riley, another big offensive lineman out of Tishomingo County, uh, and then they also picked up Randy Charlton, a defensive end from Central Florida, transferring in will be immediately eligible. That's a good pickup for MSU. They needed a defensive end with Kobe Jones and Marquis Spencer uh, both leaving. So this class now ranked thirty uh, second nationally after a week of sort of shifting around. You lose Brandon Buckhalter, you lose Mizell Williams. You lose uh, Amarion Howard. All three of those uh, departures. Brent, well, Brennan Tolls was a couple weeks ago. Brennan Tolls was a few weeks back. Yeah, those three departures, though, of the uh, it's not us, it's you kind of variety. I guess you could say. Um, and now State looks to poise to finish pretty much close to where they normally would uh, in a uh, in a recruiting cycle. Uh, they're probably going to finish somewhere between twenty five and thirty. Uh, if I had to guess, the, the big names on the list obviously uh, would be uh, John Lewis, the big linebacker out of uh, Germantown High School. Uh, there's Ty Cooper. Oh, I'm Ty sorry. Cooper. I, I was just thinking yeah, yeah. of names. Jarquez Hunter, uh, the running back from Neshoba Central. You mentioned Ty Cooper, Mississippi's uh, football player of the year for f- uh, 5A, I guess, yeah. and a state champion. Congrats to the Lewisville Wildcats there. Uh, Ten and a, what a what a tremendous statistic that is. Have never lost a state title game. That's something. That is something. That really is something. Uh, a couple other names to watch, if I had to guess. Uh, there was some talk on 24-7 about Antonio Harmon, who is one of the most interesting prospects in the state in years, in my opinion. Big receiver, six foot four, 205 pounds. Obviously, you know, with Mississippi State, you think he would grow into a tight end, but do you really have that, that room? But at the same time, if he's a good athlete, I don't know. But neither State nor Ole Miss have made a big push for him at all this year. In fact, his, right now his crystal ball reads towards Texas. Of all places, which is another interesting thing. He's not good enough for State or Ole Miss, but Texas wants him. <coughs> it's one of those things that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But now, uh, I think our friend Steve Robertson reported there's been some uh, connection between Harmon and Mississippi State. So that could be a late addition. Uh, the, the defensive ends out of state, guys like uh, Jaden Jones and Deontay Anderson. State wants to get at least two defensive ends in this class. Cooper would be one of them, one of those other guys. All the tea leaves are reading for Demarcus Smith to go to Ole Miss, although that's sort of been really back and forth for the past week to the still, point. Still some eyes on Callaway, too. And Kadarius Callaway, Callaway yeah, Paul Jones reporting, I think that was Friday night, that uh, Alabama, as expected, right? That Alabama would eventually recruit over Kadarius Callaway and put him on a plan to gray shirt or, or delay his enrollment, whatever they're going to do. Uh, I think it all ends the same there with him probably. I, I mean, I, I, I would be surprised if he's in the class. I don't know if he's going to end up at Mississippi State, but I'd, I'd be surprised if he ends up with Alabama at this point. Just because that's how, when he committed there, it was a, a thing of, well, I mean, we know how this is going to go, right? 
for state though, and you can get him back. Yeah. Don't you get him back? Oh, if you can, you you want him? Yeah. You definitely want him. I mean, he he might play next year. He could probably <laughs> play as a true freshman in that in that defensive backfield. So yeah, I mean, you, you want him if you can get him. What an odd year in the state this year. The top three prospects are all committed to uh, out of state schools. I feel like there's a lot more drama this year too, man. Like a lot more. I don't know. Drama is the right word. A lot more moving and shaking. I don't know how much of that is, is really accurate, though. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of talk about MJ Daniels and McKaylin Pounders, but all indications are they're just going to sign with Mississippi State. Um, you know, Justin Wally is a flip guy, possibly. Um, John Lewis, I mean, his, his recruitment's interesting right now because we're getting that good old-fashioned, uh, you know, you're hearing one thing from one person and one thing from somebody yeah. else. Maybe I just got last year's early signing day so ingrained on my brain where there Joe and drama. Joe and company went in expecting these guys and they got these guys yeah. like there was right. zero You're right and i guess as far as that goes maybe Leach and company have their list of the guys they think are going to and maybe they hit on every one of them but it just kind of feels like there's some uncertainty mm-hmm. there with four or five spots yeah i didn't mention Calvin Johnson the second the kid from French camp all indications are he'll end up in, in the Mississippi state class uh, I'm just trying to see if there's anybody else that uh oh Ole Miss of course pulled one of their famous let's flip our own recruit thing with Elijah Sabatini who decommitted and then recommitted that's two on the year I believe or maybe Demarcus Smith will be the second one when that happens so well Buckhalter you know was a former Ole Miss commit so he could hop back in the same boat in fact I think I, I won't count that one though because I think there was a time yeah, when he was gonna he was going to go to state yeah, yeah so. I, I, I won't count that. I think he's supposed to announce this week. By well, the way. I mean, you know, signing day is yeah. ten days away. So yeah, we're going to start seeing some announcements this week, and things will start wrapping up. I, I think it's, it's I think it's a dangerous game to play for a lot of kids this year to wait on that February thing because I mean, there's no visits, right? So teams are teams are going to want you to lock in now. Now, they'll, they'll, not not to say there won't be some quality guys left. There always are, but I, I would go ahead and get on board in this crazy year. Just go ahead and lock it in, and that would that would be my choice. Uh, so, like I said, I, th- I expect this class to finish between 25 and 30, and which will be, by, if I'm correct, the highest class Mike Leach may have ever recruited. <laughs> I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, I, I, th- I, mean, I know from Washington State, I know that that's, I know he hasn't had a class that high. He's never had a top 25 class at Washington State. So, we'll see how it goes. And, of course, you know, there's always a surprise. There's always something you don't expect. Except last year, there wasn't. What? Well, I wouldn't say there was, there was a surprise, but. The Cameron Richardson, Richardson yeah. was not committed on the day of. Yeah. So somebody that state is recruiting but isn't committed will come into signing day and make make the call for Mississippi. One state. of the biggest surprises last year was sitting by Chris Marv and he was all excited. Certain guys were hopping in the boat and then like a day later he's gone. Literally hours later. <laughs> not even a full twenty four hours. He he had he'd exchanged. He was and out. He's at Florida State, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's, right. that's working out great for him. Good job. So, uh, we'll continue, obviously, to talk a lot of recruiting in the next couple weeks because it's the topic du jour uh, as we go forward. All right. And recruiting is very important, but something else is important, too. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. All right. Time for coffee. It's for closers. No MSU this week. But I got a couple. I got an SEC and, and a national one. Uh, from the uh, the SEC, have we ever been told a bigger lie in college football 
than when Ed Orgeron said this August, I think the defense looks better than it did at any point last season? Ed, old Joel T got some advice for you, man. Under promise, yeah. over deliver. Ed, if you're gonna if you're gonna mess with me like that, at least take me to dinner, you know? <laughs> I mean, let's let's at least go to Rafino's or Parrain's or something and have some oysters or something, man. Come on. <laughs> wow. Wow, they got handled. Alabama enjoyed doing that. You could tell. And they wanted to make it worse. I think they would I think if it had if they knew that there wouldn't be a lot of uh negative publicity, they'd have kept the starters in and kept throwing the ball deep. Devontae Smith was open every time he wanted to be open. Uh, I was messing with some of my LSU family. I was like, well, at least now watching this, you know that Derek Stingley wouldn't have made a difference against Mississippi State because he can't cover anybody. Uh, they've given up. LSU's just straight given up. Uh, they've got, what, I guess they have they have one game left. Or, no, they have two. They still have Florida, and then they have Ole Miss. Maybe that's why Billy Napier didn't take the Carolina job. He looked over there at Ed and like, huh, he'll be going like, in a minute. That's a possibility? Is that a possibility? Like next year, if Napier could hold out next year, or until next year, and LSU and Texas could both be open again. And Michigan's going to be open soon, too. I think Michigan will be open this year. So another, game, another, another job might be open if a certain game goes a certain way this weekend here in this town. Yep. I've already got that that job filled though. Who you got? Hugh? Oh yeah. If you are Auburn, how do you not hire Hugh Freeze, the man who beat Saban back to back years? I don't care. We all know what happened there. But we also know that Auburn is not averse to making those kind of things happen. A certain quarterback will tell you. He feels like he fits at Auburn. Oh, he fits perfectly. He's there's never been a better fit than Hugh Freeze at Auburn. But let's that's a topic for another day. Yeah. LSU, no chicory coffee this weekend. You get nothing. You got handled. You're the worst defending national champion of all time. Of all time. There have been some like Auburn, you know, wanted and then two years later they were bad. But at least the next year they were respectable. This is just embarrassing. They're gonna get handled by Florida and then I mean, I'm not gonna be surprised if LSU if Ole Miss puts fifty on them. But it's okay because LSU, you know, Joe Brady left the playbook behind and the defense is going to be better than last year and all's well in Baton Rouge. The lies. The lies. Nationally. <laughs> I'm just thinking about what a disaster really that athletic department is right now. Not good. They're under NCAA investigation. I mean, on top of the Title IX stuff that's happening. I mean, that, that has like deal with the devil all over. Here, we're, you're going to be one of the greatest college football teams ever. How many LSU fans ever? did you hear say, I don't care what happens after this if we win the national title? Well, well, look what's happened. <laughs> look at the 2020. Look at the deal with the devil the LSU fans made. Yep. The devil done come to collect his due. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Nationally, and they didn't play this weekend, and I've been hitting on them all year, but I'm going to do it again. Have you seen the line on Michigan-Ohio State? I have not. Guess what that line is. Guess how big an underdog Michigan is to Ohio State. 21. 30. Whew. This is Michigan-Ohio State. This is Shim Beckler and Hayes, the, the 20-year war, or however long it was. I don't even care. This is the, the two stalwarts of the northern college football. This is hail to the victors, the horseshoe and the big house. This is college football at its finest. They're a 30-point underdog. I mean, this is the same spread that Mississippi State had against Alabama almost. 
And that, that line's going to go up. It'll be 35, 40, 35, 36 points by the end of the week. Harbaugh, I remember when he got hired, and I was like, well, this feels like a slam dunk, right? And he can't even win the division. He's, he's going to leave. He's going to go back to the NFL. And then I don't know what Michigan's going to do at that point. Because he couldn't win there. Who can? So. Eh, could I go back north? I would call him. I would gauge his interest. That, that would be one of the first. If I'm Michigan's athletic director, that is, might be my first phone call. Is Dan Mullen. Time to come back north. You know, I mean, because if you're Michigan, you can certainly offer money. You offer, you know, the, the only question is, does he want to go head to head with Ohio State? Well, he could call up Urban Meyer and get all the Ohio State secrets. He could. Well, Urban Meyer's going to probably be at Texas. That's true. Yeah, if I'm Michigan, Mullen is my absolute first phone call. I, I can't call him fast enough. And then, yeah, it's, I mean, I guess if you look at it, if you're Mullen, you're like, do I feel like I can beat Ryan Day in Ohio State or do I feel like I can beat Kirby Smart in Georgia? Plus, I have to beat. Kirby Smart, and, and then, then Nick Saban. Saban. Whereas I just have to beat Ryan Day. Whoever I play on the other side, Paul Christ, Pat Fitzgerald, I, I'm not worried about that. I wonder how much longer Saban has. Like, Did you hear what he this? said, by the way? He, uh-uh. talked, he said being missing that game made him realize how much he loves coaching. He's like... Oh, he, I, he's dying on the sideline. He's going right? to go... I mean, what is he, 70? I think he's 70. We might get to 75. 76. I think that may be easily... 76, something like that. I mean, we're talking about him coaching the year 2026. His first year at LSU was 1999. I mean, it's been a long, I'm sorry, 2000, 2000. So 26 years, but since his, since he took that job at, at LSU. Yeah, that's a long time, so. But Michigan, no coffee for the Wolverines. Not None this year, to be totally honest with you. All right, tomorrow's show, uh, I don't know. We talked to Mike Leach for the first time in yeah. forever. God knows what he's going to have to say to us. Uh, so so we I guess have, we're recording after that? We need to, I think. Yeah. yeah. Because we need to hear what Mike has to say. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about some other things as well. And then, uh, like we said, we'll, we'll recap basketball on the Wednesday show. Move the rumblings one day over to Thursday. And then, of course, we obviously got some Auburn talk as well. Mississippi State-Auburn. We'll have uh, probably Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers will join us. I need to reach out to him. But if not him, somebody will uh, come over from the uh, from the Plains and talk about the Tigers with us in that game. Guys, have a great rest of your Sunday and a Monday. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.